How should we as Christians go about measuring generosity? Hello and welcome to Good Word. I am Dave Thomas, the convener of Good Word for this quarter. I am blessed to have two good conversation partners again today, uh, Bruce Taves from the School of Business and Brant Berglund from the School of Theology. And gentlemen, um, today we're talking about generosity, and uh, in the official lesson it made a very interesting point that I think we should think about and talk about, and that is that generosity is not me- is not measured by the tithe that is paid, which we talked about last week, it's measured much more by the offerings that we give. And so we run into this this uh, great truth in the Bible that people gave tithes and offerings. And so um, what do we say about offerings here and generosity? Any thoughts on your part? Well, I think that the power of money drives politics and sports and technology and Wall Street and the business world, and certainly Las Vegas, and probably even Walla Walla and College Place. But um, <laughs> Jesus said the only way to break the power of money is to do a very unnatural thing, and that's to give it away. And uh, there's a quote by um, Ed Gunger that I kind of like, giving touches a nerve in us that nothing else does. We look a lot like God when we do it. When you give, you defy the fear that you won't have enough. You insult greed, the impulse to acquire or possess more than you need or deserve. If you really believe that God owns it all and he is your source and provider, giving will be a simple matter. According to Jesus, giving keeps your heart in motion toward God and away from material things. Wow. You insult greed. Greed is always said. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that that touches great, great quote. That touches on 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 this 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 big question I have. Why do you think it's so hard for humans to be generous with their money? And I think that may touch on it. That that, what what did that one sentence say about that you fear you won't have enough or something like that? It touches the deepest nerve of who we are. And yet, your opening question um, there, and I feel like I'm nitpicking here. Maybe I am, but I I, it kind of bothered me a little bit in the way you phrase it. And maybe that's intentional for conversation's sake. But you said, um, how do we measure generosity. And Jesus was very clear about measuring generosity. He says, don't even, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. When you give, don't be keeping track for measuring sake. And yet there is, the great irony is there should be a point in my life where I do a self-analysis, right? Where I'm self-aware. Am, am I being generous am, or am I being stingy with what I have? And maybe maybe that's the work of the Holy Spirit to come and convict me of that. But yeah, that, so just that opening sentence, I wonder I wonder if we should be measuring or if it should become such a way of life. And Bruce, your, the quote you read, maybe that that's the answer right there. When I recognize that it's all God's anyways and I don't have anything to fear, it becomes was easier, natural. Yeah, I think it should be a habit um, and methodical, but also spontaneous at times. Yeah, and I know, I know um, I'm a very methodical giver, and I always have been, but when I was pastoring churches, I still remember some of the spontaneous people said, you don't give us an opportunity to give because we, we give in the moment when we feel moved to do that. And, and you know, when you yeah. just, when everything's done systematically, we're, we're robbed of our uh, of the joy of giving. And so I had to learn that lesson. What, what are some of the ways then, and, and maybe Bruce, you, you could help instruct me, what are the, some of the ways you think I could set myself up for more spontaneous giving? Because I'm like you, Dave, I'm very methodical in the way I give. I give to certain organizations and certain groups, but I don't feel the spontaneity there. What, what does yeah, there When I hear a big appeal made for something, unless it's a, a, to help somebody, a person in need, if it's for some organizational thing, I, I'm not really moved by that. 
would would it be good if I just kept some cash in my wallet? Or I mean, I, what are what are some of the practical things I could do to be more spontaneous in my giving? Well, certainly, if we save for, I mean, there's several reasons to save money. One is for future transactions or a rainy day, but also to save for the opportunity of of a good deal or a great opportunity to to minister. So yeah, and you remind me, Bruce, of a story, and maybe you were there when this happened. But when I was at the village church years ago, the word came that a student from Taiwan who had become part of the congregation, she she had a detached retina and was going to go blind. And I'll never forget that as church service began, an elder, completely out of without any authority from anybody, without permission, whatever you want to call it. Not even in the in the in the program for the morning, he stood up and he said, "Look, folks," he said, "I have to tell you all something." He said, "There's a young woman in this church who's going to go blind unless we do something about it." And he says, "We're going to do something right now." And he said, "I want the deacons to stand up." And he says, "I want all you people to give money." And I'm not talking about dollar bills. He said, "I want hundred dollars." He said, "We need to raise money here." That offering brought in almost ten thousand dollars just in the moment, like that, right from people in the pews. These days, you hear about uh, GoFundMe accounts, right? That's a spontaneous no, no. sort of GoFundMe. But I, I laughed. He said, I don't want dollar bills. He said, I want yeah. 20s and 50s and 100s. He yeah. said, I want you to write checks. He says, we've taken up a serious offering today and $9,900 and they had successful surgery and saved the woman's. So that that's a, that's that's spontaneous, isn't it, Bruce? Yes. And, and I, I see a bit of that in our Sabbath school classes here. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, that's I, true. I know there's some that actively search for community individuals yeah. and projects. Yeah. And that's kind of a spontaneous event. Yeah. And I, I noticed something else about giving, that there, there's a certain joy that comes from giving. Wouldn't you agree? There, There is, especially if you see what you've donated bearing fruit in some way. Um, but I, I guess we, we're talking about managing uh, money maybe more than other things, but there are, there are people out there who don't have much money, but they can still be generous, right? They can still use their time. They can donate it someplace. Um, there, are, there are organizations in town that are doing great work for, for the underprivileged or the needy and donating time. It can be just as valuable, right? Yes. Maybe more so. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think that I think Bruce Bruce suggested that we need both systematic giving and spontaneous giving, and I think that's true. I think that's true. We need both because disciplined or systematic giving does not deal with every contingency. No, and you've 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 inspired me, Bruce. I think I want to open a second bank account or second savings account for the sake of being generous. I have one savings account that everything goes into, but the idea of actually using a another account—what a neat idea! Yeah. So some years ago, my wife and I started setting aside a percentage to give to, to people who are poor. It's not a very big percentage, but it's uh, every month we give systematically and, and spontaneously to, to people in need. And, you know, you don't really see the results of that. One, one week in the future here, we'll talk about what to do about people who are poor because that's a difficult subject. But I, I think there's a certain joy that comes from giving. And I also want to say this, is that I think it's true that when you give generously, it doesn't hurt you financially. Any thoughts on that? It doesn't. It doesn't it, hurt It only hurts if you have valued the money more than where it's going. And that then it then it hurts only if, if you're counting bottom lines and getting ahead in the world. Well, I, I tell you a personal story. When we were building the new elementary school here, we took when I was, I was at the village church, we took up a big offering at the end of the year. We told people we we're going to do that. That offering brought in, I think, a hundred and. 
$15,000 or something. But my wife and I, in that month of December, both pledged to give our entire salaries to that offering. So we had no income in the month of December. But by the time we got to February and March, we were we were laughing at it, with each other because we said it, it didn't seem to make any difference to our financial <laughs> situation to give away a whole month's salary. For both of you. Yeah, both of us. one of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can look back on other occasions when we gave generously. And honestly, I, I don't see that I had any adverse effect on, on our well-being on our financial well-being. Of course, we didn't have savings put away for that month, but in the big picture, it didn't do us any harm. Now, if I gave it away every month, <laughs> it would be a serious problem, see. When we lived in Michigan, a, a quick story, my children um, were impressed that we sh- as a family should give to a couple organizations that they'd heard about. And they were they were not early teens, right, early teens. And they said, where can we give some money? Well, they didn't make any money. And they, they said, where where can we as a family give? And we looked and we said, well, one of the things we're doing as a family is we every week as a family, we would go eat out once a week as a family. And we said, could we save any money by not eating out? And so for one year, we tracked how much less food, less money we spent on dining out. And we ended up saving $1,000 on the year by eating out just just a few times that year, just by eating at home. And we said the difference in food amount is what we will donate. It ended up being $1,000 for our family over a year, eating out once a week versus eating at home. And we were able to donate and my kids were thrilled. They said, that's a huge, you know, little young kids, a thousand dollars seemed like the world to them. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was a very neat thing to have our kids spur us on to that. Now, some people are generous in order to make a name for themselves, aren't they? Yes. Uh, they definitely want a building named after them or whatever. But I think it's a matter of heart. It's a matter I of think so, too. Yeah, what really gets me, Bruce, is when some uh, congressman using tax money builds a highway and then puts his own name on it. <laughs> that riles me a lot. But hmm. So what do you think about this idea that money is only useful as it provides for the necessities of life, provides for the needs of others, and advances the cause of God? What do you think about that saying? Does money actually do any good other than those three things? I know some people who collect coins uh, because they represent historical value, but the money then they're no longer seeing it as money. They're now lo- they're now looking at it as a curio, right? As an antique. But oh yeah. I think I think for the most part, what you said is true. Some people want to know how much they should give in offerings, what percentage of income, and I'm struck by the fact that in some places in the ancient world, the Israelites gave triple ties, twenty-five to thirty percent. That seems like a lot, but I. I want to go back as we we run out of time here. Um, You know, Bruce, that quote you read early on to us is stuck in my mind because it seems to me that generosity and giving, we're afraid to be generous because we think money provides us security, right, which it doesn't really do. And by giving it away, we, we, we not only bless other people, but we free ourselves from this illusion that if we have a lot of money, all will be well. So, Yeah. John Wesley said that when I have money, I give it away quickly, lest it find a way into my heart. So, <laughs> yeah, he said that, lest it find a way into my heart. Yeah, oh, wow. Right. So it's it's a matter of putting your trust in God Yeah. To take care of you. Yeah, believing that the God who made you and who sustained you will sustain you even if you give money away. I know some people who um, are very quickly generous when need arises, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And they're not captivated by money, they're captivated by what it can do. Well, gentlemen, thank you. That's an interesting subject. I appreciate your thoughts here today. And my thanks to uh, Christian Bailey for uh, engineering work today. And my thanks to you for listening for the good word 
I'm David Thomas. You've been listening to Good Word, a production of the School of Theology at Walla Walla University and KGTS-FM. To order a copy of today's broadcast, you can call 509-527-2194. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week at this time with Good Word.